0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message.
1: Morning, church. How are you this morning? I was asked to remind you of the crossover service that's happening. Month? No, Tuesday. Oh, it's. Okay. All right, the 31st. The 31st of December. There will be a crossover service from 10 o'clock, and it's going to be special because it's going to be outdoors. So we're really under, we really under—we hope it's not going to rain. And if it rains, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I woke up this morning, and just as I stood by my kitchen counter doing the dishes, I um. I was just in awe of God and how He's bringing this rain just on just just before Christmas Eve. Just before we celebrate the birth of Christ. And just, I just wondered to myself, what was it like that night and that morning? Was it also a day where it like had an overcast and there was some rain falling? Because the Bible says that God rains down on all people, irrespective of who you are. And that's just amazing. He's a faithful God. He loves each one of us. He wants to meet you at your place, where you're at. He's not, he's not a God that is saying, I will not associate with you. He's a God who says, I made you before you, I, you even knew that I existed. So, yeah, that was a little preaching on its own. So we, we continue with the Hawk series, and this is the final episode of this series. Um, it's, we're going to go into the shepherds. And um, it's such an honor for me this morning to be sharing with you about the shepherds. We have one more sleep before it's Christmas Eve. And um, in my home, we would open gifts on the eve of Christmas. We would do it on the night before Christmas Day. In some homes, it's on Christmas Day, in the morning of Christmas Day, which is the 25th. And for me, I I grew up in a single-parent home, and the most exciting time for Christmas was, for me was when I went to my grandparents who lived in Holland at the time. And we would have a huge Christmas tree and there would be, an, you know, opening of gifts and dinner. And we would listen to carol music. But my parents and my grandparents weren't necessarily saved. So our focus wasn't on Jesus. But now I'm so blessed to have Jesus in my life, that this has become my focus. Um, The series that we've done in the last three weeks, we started off with Zacharias, who um, had to believe God, but he struggled in believing God, and therefore his mouth got shut. Um, And sometimes we are very much the same. We struggle to believe God. And then we got to Mary. Mary was quick to trust God she was young, she was asked a massive task, that she was going to be the one who's going to birth Jesus Christ. But she chose at such a young age to say, use me, Lord. And then we went on to Joseph. Now, Joseph we learned that he had to be obedient to God and it was not by his choice that he was obedient. And just like ourselves, we struggle to be obedient. And sometimes we idolize obedience. And and so last week, Pastor Alex really broke it down for us that obedience truly is by God's favor upon our lives because we can't naturally do it on our own. We need God's grace to be obedient to him. And this morning, I get to share about the shepherds. And the shepherds, I mean, who hears about the shepherds? We hardly ever speak about the shepherds. And the shepherds, we're going to listen to how they rejoice. And we're going to find a place in our hearts to be like the shepherds, to know that we are exactly like the shepherds, and that we get to rejoice in the birth of Christ. So, since today is more of a family service and we've got children in our midst, I thought we, will, we won't read the scripture from Luke 2, chapter 1 to 20. We will look at a video instead.
0: This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
1: Okay. Jamal, (laughs) clap. All right, Lord, um, use me this morning to share what you want to say about the shepherds. What you want to say that we should see in and how you reveal in your word why you appear to them and how we should respond. And, and Lord, help me to bring your word across clearly. And may I speak from your realm and use me this morning beyond what I have written. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, you've heard the Christmas story a dozen times. It's something that sometimes we become a little bit numb to. We feel, okay, I've heard this before. Here we go again. Um, But I want you to slow down and consider what it was like to be a shepherd. Seeing and hearing what they saw and heard that night. Why would God choose shepherds? Why would he choose shepherds to, re- to show, to reveal the good news, to reveal his son? The shepherd life was not a glamorous life. A shepherd's life was rather smelly. Yeah, they were amongst sheep and they were normally far from their homes They had a lot of responsibility to make sure that these sheep are looked after well. They were probably not educated. They were probably not known as people other than the shepherds. Unlike Zacharias, who had a career as a priest, and that was one of the highest status in society at that time, the shepherds were considered more lowly. The shepherds were nobodies, unloved, unknown unseen and most likely very poor. They were just living from day to day. And but they had the great task of rearing sheep that were to be sacrificed at the temple, but at the same time they weren't allowed to be at the temple. These were lowly people in this time. So again, why would God appear to a shepherd? Who, a shepherd or a multitude of shepherds, why would he appear? Perhaps God chose them to parallel our very own condition, to reveal to us that he is the good shepherd and that he needed to come into our messy world, to break through into, to, to, to meet us in our mess to reveal to us his son, who is the only one that can help us out of the mess. Perhaps he's showing us that he will use the lowly of society to reveal himself. The ones that we don't consider as people. You know, this morning I was driving and I was thinking, Lord, you know, who, who do... Sometimes I think those security guards are lowly, like we think they are lowly people. But, you know, as they are guarding, God is speaking to them. And God may be using somebody that we see as insignificant in a powerful way. And therefore, even in my own life, when I walk through life, I try and look at who, who's out there that that I might consider insignificant. Lord help me to see them. Help me to see them the way you see them. Um, I also think the Lord chose shepherds because he was telling a story from the beginning of time, that he is the shepherd, and that he would be sending the highest shepherd of all time, and that is Jesus. Isaiah forty eleven says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom, gently le- leading those that are with young. Jesus himself later in his teaching years says in John 10:11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So I think this is really why he would reveal himself to the shepherds because it, it parallels to who he is, the greatest shepherd. In Psalm 23, he's, David writes that you are my comfort, you are my, that you are my staff. You correct me when I'm off path. Jesus, um, Jesus also speaks in Luke 15, verse 3 to 7. I'm going to read this parable to you just to, to highlight what, it, what Jesus is all about. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. I I know as I started off this year, there's a song called Reckless Love and this song God reminded me again of it yesterday and how it speaks of you will chase me down you will break every lie you will you will take me take every mountain away you will continuously seek after me and i tell you this even in my own life i have not always followed jesus the way i should have but i have over and over again seen he will not Stop pursuing me. He will go after me relentlessly. And so, and what, what's so significant for me in this parable, where the part comes where he says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Just so I, just, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. We will see that the angels rejoice over one sinner sinner. All of heaven, when we enter into the kingdom of of God, all of heaven rejoices with us. You need to know this today. If you didn't know this, when you gave your life to the Lord, that the heavens are rejoicing. This is the highest thing. This is why God has sent his only begotten son. So perhaps this, so perhaps as this parable tells us that Jesus came for those that don't have it all together. He came for, 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 for those that are despised, for those who are just messing up over and over. He comes and he sits with them and he calls them, you are my sheep, come to me. And he appreciates people because they are all made in his image. So this morning I want to highlight three points of saying to you who are seated here you are important to God may this christmas may you may you know in this on tomorrow evening that you are here today you are healthy you might have some struggles but you're still standing you're standing and you are important to God. Okay. Let's look at the three ways God shows us that we are important to Him. First point is that He shares the good news to everyone. Not to some people, but to everyone. We see in this picture that the, the angels appear. First, a angel appears to the shepherds. They are sitting in the dark, watching the night, guarding their sheep. And all of a sudden, they see an angel. Now, angel visitations, I have never had one, but I know it can be, I can only imagine how powerful it is. Um, And the angel said to them, so they respond in fear. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you. For unto you, say to your neighbor, for unto you, this day, not any day, this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He was born on this day. So, what is the good news that the angels speak of? The gospel is the good news. And He is a person and his name is Jesus. He is a gift to be received this Christmas. And that gift is the ultimate source of our hope. He is the ultimate source of our hope. Nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing else. At the time the shepherds heard the good news, the whole of Israel was waiting for their Savior. They were waiting. They didn't even have land. They were nomad people. They were, they, their land had been occupied, taken over. They had no king. They were waiting in anticipation. Will this be the good news? We will celebrate this Christmas. Will we see? Will you, we see Jesus... As the angels saw him, if we go back to the slides, verse 12 and 13, in the front, yeah. And suddenly, this is how the angels give the news. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those." with whom he is pleased. So imagine a million angels appearing in front of you. A million angels. And they are bringing the good news. They know that this is good news. They know Jesus. They have sat with Jesus. They now know that Jesus has entered into our world as a baby. Not as a mighty king in a palace, but as a baby in a manger that was used for animals to eat from. And this is what the shepherds see. They see a multitude of angels rejoicing. So in our hearts, I want to ask, will you see Jesus this Christmas Eve? Will you see the, how the heavenly hosts are celebrating and they continue to do it as we sit here, as we sit here? As we move in the day, they continuously say holy, holy to Jesus. He is the king. He is the king. Is he the king in your heart? Will you receive the good news, this precious news, as the shepherds have received it? Some of us in this room might have experienced rejection. We might have been oppressed. We may be oppressed right now. We might be experiencing a disorder in our health. We might have been belittled or bullied as young. We might have experienced trauma as children and we're still going through it. But I want to say to you this morning that Jesus has come to take that away from you. That Jesus has come on this Christmas Eve that we celebrate every year. He has come to take away what... what what the world, what the enemy wants to say you are, but you are not. You are not this. So point number two is the greatest joy. He shares with us the greatest joy. And the angel said to the shepherds, and this will be a sign for you. A sign is like a miracle. Signs and wonders. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. So what what gifts are we expecting this Christmas? And what hopes did we have for this Christmas and the end of this year that did not come to pass? I know just last year, I had a real tough year, and I ended the year not necessarily being in the best place in my spirit. And I remember closing off the year saying, Lord, I desperately need you. I need to change. Something needs to change in me. Because I'm going to share a little bit personally. Sometimes as Christians, we get familiar. And we become unaware at, at, at how we, we desire things, but they don't come to fruit, They don't happen. They don't manifest. And we become anxious or we become resentful towards our Father. We start to think, why not me? And I've learned that hope deferred is a very dangerous place to be. And so this morning, my encouragement is that your hope is wrapped in a different way. Our hope may not be wrapped around the gift wrapping we desire. And yes, the word says, you know, he will give us the desires of our heart, but sometimes those desires aren't from him. And some of them, he's like, no, that's not actually the desire that, that... is from me. It's actually your own doing, yeah? And I need to get it out of the way so I can really do what I need to do. Yeah? So I want to position this. You, You might not get everything you need or everything you want at the time that you want it. But does that mean that you can't contain great joy? Does that mean that you have to be miserable and not appreciate the true gift. This Christmas, we need to ask ourselves, are we recognizing the greatest gift, the greatest gift that gives us the greatest joy? I tell you, this Christmas, my heart has shifted. This year, God has shown me that He is faithful. This year, I have seen the faithfulness. He has opened my eyes that, irrespective of what I still desire and those who know me personally will know what I speak of. He is still my great joy. I, I choose to see Him. I choose to recognize Him in, in the midst of what I'm going through. And that for me is victory. And I really want to encourage us this morning and I feel some of us might not might be in that place where you're just like, oh, it's just another Christmas. <laughs> but really it's not. It's the biggest gift we've ever received and we will ever, ever receive. And I stand before and I will be with my mother. My mother doesn't know the Lord, but this Christmas she says to me, so what are we doing for Christmas? Are we going to church? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we'll find a church in Swakop, and we'll go. <laughs> but my, it's just phenomenal how God is opening up And she's revealing to me that the greatest joy is really just in him. So do we see the sign? Do we see the sign, the miracle? And today as you go home, as you prepare with your family for Christmas Eve, I encourage you that you speak about him. That he's the center of everything you do tomorrow. And everything you do after Christmas and everywhere you go, He's the center of your life. And I speak against the lies of the enemy that says God is not good. Oh man, that is a big spiritual warfare that goes on in our lives. Yeah. Point number three is that the shepherds glorified God. And when they saw it, they made known, saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They wondered. They went, awe. Oh, could this really be true? Is this? Is the king really arrived? It's, they must have told them, like, wow, we saw the heavens open up before our eyes. And we went to see the sign and the wonder <clears throat> of God. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. So, the shepherds went to tell everyone, spreading the good news. They were the first evangelists. I thought about it. I was like, wasn't John the Baptist the first evangelist? I was like, no, actually the shepherds were. They were chosen by God. The the least important, the least important were the first to go out and share the gospel. Wow. Wow. So if you think you're insignificant, you, you've, you've got something you should know. You are super significant before the Father. Sharing the gospel. If you, if you have encountered God personally, you will not be able to contain yourself to share. Like I remember coming out of Victory Weekend. When I got saved and I was like, Mom, I just want to tell you about Jesus. Mom was very responsive at that time. She was like, I don't want to hear about that. (laughs) But you have this joy that's super, it just goes beyond you. Because you just want to share. I remember SMSing my friends and saying to them, Guys, I really love Jesus. You know? (laughs) And they weren't necessarily in the best place in their lives. But I just said, Yeah, man, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I remember coming from Connect Group and driving and listening to worship music and going, wow, I just feel so good. I've never felt so good in a long time. And I remember I, my friends were all not saved. I have one friend, I don't know if she's in church today. Her name is Asha We were part of a group called Spoken Word. We started Spoken Word and I was, I was the first one who got saved in the group and things shifted for me and My CD became, you know, C.C. Winans, because that was like a hip (laughs) worship thing. And I thought, okay, my friends won't like necessarily, you know, judge me too much. And she gets into the car and she's like, oh, this is interesting music. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm with Jesus now. And she's like, oh, next thing I know, she's telling me I had a dream. I I was climbing a mountain and there was a church. I'm like, wow, Jesus is calling your name. And she's like, what? And then I'm like, and, and now she's in our church. She's been serving in our church. Um, so really, just reflecting on how good the news is and how much joy we get and how we begin to glorify God. And I, and I also want to just encourage those who have forgotten and maybe forgotten familiar or just like, this is not, this is just the same old, that you would just be refreshed in your spirit to know this is an amazing, amazing thing. We have got Jesus. Aish. Wow. <laughs> so tomorrow evening, when you share with your family, I, w- I want to encourage us, like I said earlier, that we, we really celebrate the good news. And, and maybe this year, you, you might not have invited somebody into your home that doesn't know the Lord. But I would encourage you that for next year, you actually say to the Lord, who do I invite into my house that doesn't know the Lord, who might know the Lord a little bit, but is not sure, who might be in a complete mess? You know <laughs> they're spending Christmas alone. I've shared this before, but I remember when I was in Cape Town as a student and I was finishing off and my sister fell ill. Um, she, she got cancer And my mom and my sister had to get back to Vintook, and I was alone. I had to wrap up the flat, and I was alone in Cape Town. And my friend Taryn, who was there, said, why don't you come to have Christmas with us, with my father's family? And I said, okay, let me go. And I come to this house, and I step into the house, and there's there's worship music playing. I didn't know about worship music. So worship music, and I'm like, this is a bit different. Something is different here. And I just kind of like sit around, and there's lots of family. She's got like her stepsisters and brothers, and everybody's there. And then they get around into a circle. This is the part that really touched me. And the, the, the mom says to everybody in the family, she says, okay, everybody, I want you to think about this year, and what has Jesus done for you that you're going to celebrate? And I want us to each say the celebration of what Jesus has done in your life. And I sat there, I'm like, I, I, of course I've heard of Jesus. I know of Jesus. I've kind of say, me given my life to Jesus, but not really. I was still in a very in-between place. And I listened to these young people share with such joy. I was not in a joyful place. And I thought, wow, this is a Christmas that's different. I've never been in a home where Jesus gets highlighted. And I remember removing myself and standing a little bit further away and the father noticing that I'm a bit... Reserved, and he called me, and he said, I, "I see you being reserved," and I said, "Yeah, I just, I don't know what to say. My family is not in a good place this Christmas," and so he invites me, and I just a moment. He invites me to a prayer the next day on Christmas Day. And that's the first time I heard God speak to me in a prophetic voice. I mean, He was speaking to me before, like me hearing that Jesus, that this family is celebrating Jesus. But now, He meets me even stronger. He says something to me that nobody knows through a prophetic word. That Christmas forget it is the story i tell people when they ask me i just recently told a week ago it was last week somebody was asking me but why do we why do we worship jesus when the muslims this and when he brought up all these other religions and i said i can only speak from my heart i met jesus like this at this moment at this christmas day God spoke to me, and even when I sat there, guys, in my, in my head, I was like, what are these people really doing? And then God said, I'll show you what they're doing. <laughs> I'll show you who I am. And so the essence of this is that I want to encourage you that you be the such people like those people were for me that you will know that you have, you have loads of people around you who are absolutely lonely during this season, who are absolutely in need for a prophetic word, who are absolutely in need of a Savior. So in conclusion, we're having a short, sweet family service this morning. I would like to encourage us all to share with others how we met Jesus, like the shepherds did. They went out. They didn't didn't just keep it to themselves. They went, you guys over there, Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. The Savior is here. He has come. He's in a manger over there. Go and see for yourself. I'm sure they said that. So take a risk. Take a risk and share. There's nothing more powerful than your story. You have a story. Man, this year I was so blessed. People came to me and told me their stories. Man, I cried. I remember Priscilla telling me her story. And it was relevant to me where I was at. And it made me cry again that Jesus is so faithful to speak to her, to tell me Something that I need to hear about Him. And now I want us all to get up. (laughs) If we would all stand up and rise to our feet. And we're all going to go to somebody in this room. If it's your neighbor or if you see somebody else in this room right now. And you're going to pray for them. Because that is a gift too, to pray for somebody. May that be a gift we give to each other this morning as we pray for one another. So find that person. I'm going to give you like five minutes. Just love on a person. Hug them. Pray for them. Maybe you give them a word of encouragement. May the Lord use you now. Father, we just thank you that you're this good to us. That you have come to give, to allow Jesus to break into our world, to set us free so that we may be uh, free from oppression, free from bondage, free from the things that hold us back in our true identity, which is your sons and daughters of the Most High. Father, I thank you. As each one has prayed here this morning, that you hear every prayer, that you know, that you see, that you you meet us in our deepest, deepest hearts' desires. Father, I thank you for family. I thank you for family that that loves you, that worships you, that honors you, that seeks your face, that will only be with you and will only declare your goodness and praise you and glorify you and open their homes to those who do not know you, Lord. I thank you that this is a church that will reach out and take the risk. Father, I thank you that you are our alpha and our omega. And that you are forever seeking the one. You are forever seeking the one. We give you all the honor and glory this eve of the day that your son was born. We are thankful in our hearts. We are thankful, Jesus. Thank you. And all God's people say, Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.